podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match! Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. We, we've had a great day actually uh, watching a compelling day's cricket. Certainly anyone who's a cricket fan, anyone who's an impartial would have really loved it. Obviously anyone who would have uh, been an Indian fan too. Uh, I didn't love it though because I lost out to you, Simon. You lost a fiver to me, didn't you? I think that was the, the wager last night in the virtual cricket club at the end, we tried to predict basically what was going to happen on the second day. And you said, in response to my question, how many are India going to get today? And you said 270, 275. And I went higher. So I think next time I see you, yours, which goodness knows how long it'll be. Um, <laughs> will after you accept lockdown, a virtual fiver? <laughs> I will not accept a virtual fiver. Actually, you know what I should all, give no. you? you? You should be buying a Bitcoin or something now. I, 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 yeah. I'll give you some cryptocurrency, all right? And okay. That might even inflate in value the way it's going. Well, okay. Well, as long as, as long as you pay up, because you know what happens to people who don't pay their debts. Anyway, uh, what a, what a day's cricket it was! It, it was absolutely fantastic, wasn't it? Well, I think one of the days of the series so far. It was it was you know really tight, tense Test cricket. England did really well in those first two sessions, and then we saw the phenomenal Rishab Pant. Mm. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal, incredible. I don't know anyone who could have played innings like that. Uh, in, in any country, people talked about Adam Gilchrist, but even he wasn't as outrageous in his shot selection and audacity as Rishabh Pant was. I think what was beautiful about the innings as well was we, we know him as a an IPL cricketer, mm. uh, someone who you know is a bit of a slogger, really. But he played innings of completely different halves. You know, the first half, he really battled away and played very resourcefully, very resiliently, uh, wasn't looking to attack at all. And then suddenly just changed gear, really, when England took the second new ball. He just got stuck into Jimmy Anderson. I thought the first shot he played to the first ball with the second new ball not only underlined his you know tremendous skill, but actually good thinking as well. Round the wicket from Anderson... A really important period of play with India only just slightly in the lead. And he just went up the wicket and smashed him through sort of over mid-off. And that the reason why that was such a clever shot was because he, he knew how consistent Anderson was. He knew pretty much where the ball was going to be. And that's just so off-putting to the bowler. You're coming on with a second new ball. It's been a hard day already. Anderson's bowled superbly, conceded about one and over. And there's this guy rushing up the wicket to you, hacking your first ball with a second new ball, which was a perfectly decent delivery, back over your head. And it just sort of knocks you off balance, doesn't it? And it it really did. And then he took a couple more falls off that over. Then he reverse ramped Anderson in the next over. I mean, who would have... Who would have dreamt of anybody doing that? It's it's just extraordinarily brilliant and compelling. 
Yeah, it was a real statement, wasn't it? That that the shot back over Jimmy Anderson's head with the, with the second new ball, because everyone sort of sensed how crucial that passage of play was going to be. As as you say, India were two hundred and twenty three for six, so they were they were just ahead. They were eighteen runs ahead, but of course still with those four wickets in hand. And it was a real statement. You know, right, I'm going to take you on now. I've been quite restrained, relatively restrained for for Ishan Pant until now, and then you know a, a dashing effort against the new ball. It completely changed the course of the game. If if indeed it hadn't been changed already I have to say once you know in India getting ahead 20-30 run lead with wickets in hand you felt the game had already changed in a way but it that just sort of rubber stamped it really and that the shot as you say that the reverse ramp off Anderson uh, truly audacious I, I suppose I mean I remember you once saying yours you know when you were sort of rushing in towards the end of your career and you were sort of hurling it down you were thinking it was you know, this ball is is as good as I can bowl and it was disappearing into the stand I, saw, I wonder whether Jimmy that sort of thought went through Jimmy Anderson's mind I mean he had bowled superbly but that thing you know is, is it time to give up when you know this young man is sort of doing this sort of thing to me but of course he, he you know to some extent he got his revenge because Pant just after he got his hundred went to swipe one into the leg side and he was picked up well by uh, Root at mid-wicket and it snuffed out a, a fine innings from Richard Pant out for 101, 259 for seven. But of course, then there was still Axel Patel to come in and offer Washington Sundar some support. And we haven't mentioned uh, Washington Sundar yet. He is 60 not out. And in this test match, India have had strength, real strength in the lower order. Pant obviously at six, but Ashwin, Sundar, Axel Patel, that's not a bad seven, eight, nine, you know, especially in these. Indian conditions against an attack that was tiring, 38 degrees today, and just a bit short of resources as well. We touched on this yesterday, England's team selection. It was a bit of a gamble. They went with the extra batsmen, but they really did look like a bowler short today. In fact, having said that, you know, when you look at Don Best, not a great day for Don Best. At times, they really looked two bowlers short. Yeah, they did. You have to say the, the, the heroes were many today, actually, and We've mentioned Rishabh Pant, uh, Washington Sundar also played superbly. Earlier in the day, Rohit Sharma batting completely out of character, 49 from 144 balls, barely any boundaries, just absolutely getting stuck in and knowing that the hard work early in the game would benefit the, the lower order when the, the bowlers got tired. Anderson and Stokes bowling exhausting spells in tremendous heat, Stokes, 10 overs off the reel. Anderson not conceding a run. I, I mean, he had, what did he have, 10 overs for three runs or something at the start? And Stokes having the the muscularity and determination to produce a vicious lifter to Virat Kohli, getting him out for a duck. At that point, when Kohli was out, it was 41 for three. Then Ajinka Rahani done by the, the sort of Anderson three-card trick, the lovely late out swinger, then a, a big... In swinger, then he was looking for the in swinger, and it was the wobble seam delivery, and he nicked it off to slip where Stokes took a brilliant catch, having bowled a lot of overs. He then dived away to his left and grasped it off the ground to pick up Rahani, and so it was, that was eighty for four. Then Rohit Sharma departed one hundred twenty-one five, and and then uh, Leach, who actually bowled decently, I thought as well, got Ashwin. So it was one hundred forty-six for six. So my money then, thinking. I was thinking, yeah, easy, I'm going to get a fiver off you because they're going to get bowled out for 200. Uh, little did I know <laughs> how Rishabh Pant was going to play. Although, of course, I've seen a bit of it. We've, we've all seen a bit of him recently, not least in that amazing run chase in Brisbane in that last test in Australia where he played a similar kind of innings against equally top-class bowling. 
Yeah, he's a fabulous young talent, 23 years of age. Hasn't played a huge amount of, of international cricket, um, 19 test matches up to this one. And yeah, he's, he's, he's played quite a lot of white ball cricket for India, but not stacks and stacks so far. But he does look to be one of the sort of emerging uh, stars of the game. I say stars, he might turn into a, a superstar. We, we talk about MS Dhoni having you know, retired uh, last year, who, who, who actually was a real dasher at the start as well, didn't he? And then he really toned it down. And we saw, actually, we saw a bit of that today from Pan, as you mentioned earlier, that to start with, he was quite restrained. Okay, he did hit a six early on, but that got the field back. And then he was able to sort of work it around. I mean, said that it was still a what a 115 ball hundred so it was you know very quick in in the end I wonder whether he could turn into I mean he's not the same type of player as Dhoni left-handed of course but that you know a similar sort of stature as Dhoni in the end Dhoni a superstar of Indian cricket and you you wonder whether Pant is a sort of another one in the making yeah I, I don't see why not batting average at the moment in test cricket 43 in 19 test matches and in fact, his first class batting average is 50, interestingly. Yeah, it is. The 700s. And he's only 23. What I love about him is that is his sort of you know, smiling demeanour as well. He looks as if he's just enjoying himself. And there's that sort of you know, freedom of youth, I suppose, and total uninhibited nature, which is, is, is beautiful to watch. And you have to admire it, even as an opposition fast bowler, you know, charging in at him, trying to get him out. You can only commend his range of skills and th- just the, 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 the colour and charisma that he brings to, to batting. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic for Test match cricket, and you know he's he's going to be a, you know a wonderful player to watch in England this summer. And yeah, he he will create a, a tremendous amount of interest. Of course, you know there'll be England this summer will be desperate to get him out as well. You know there'll be that real keen contest going on out there. Um, now. There was one moment in the day, we've, we've talked about Richard Pant and we've celebrated his innings. There were two umpires calls that went in England's favour. Rohit Sharma, when he'd made 49, superb in Dhaka from Stokes. But it was umpires call for impact and umpires call for hitting wickets. And then Gill, uh, yesterday evening, he was given out a marginal one down the leg side against Anderson. Now, when Pant had made 35, it was 152 for six. And Don Bess, who had a difficult day, he's had a difficult few weeks, I think, um, bowled a delivery to Pant. He went back and actually played quite lazily, tried to sort of flick it into the leg side, was struck on the pad, and there was a, a shout for LBW. It was just before tea. And it, it, it was given not out, and it was umpire's call. So it just struck me that, that cricket is a game of such fine margins. You had what, this one player here who was you know, playing really well, Pant, and you had one player who was down on confidence, Dominic Bess. And, and it's, in a way, that moment sort of, it switched the day and sort of encapsulated it as well. Pant, the impudent one, sort of getting away with it. Best, the man, low on confidence. It's amazing, isn't it, the game of cricket? Such fine margins the game can sometimes rest on. That would be would have been 152 for seven. No complaints against the umpire. It was, you know, it was a marginal one. It was, you know, it was one of those that just went against the bowler and went in favour of the batsman. But on another day... Uh, you never know. It's, it's it's funny how the game can can turn on such tight decisions. And what what did you make of uh, Dominic Best today? You know, back in the side, the focus inevitably was on him after being, you know, dropped for two Test matches. Uh, difficult day. Yeah, I felt sorry for him. Uh, it, you could see he just wasn't working. Things there was no rhythm. There was no self belief. His smiling face, you know, sort of hid a, a, a thousand fears underneath. And 
I, he just couldn't get any consistency at all. I watched him uh, bowl actually in practice, or I watched a couple of clips of him bowling in practice, and his action looked much better. He looked more relaxed. He looked more upright. His arm was was less sort of over the perpendicular in practice. And then he comes out into the match, and you know what often happens: your body tenses up. You try a bit too hard at times, and you're trying to force it. And rather than just letting your natural rhythms produce the ball, and it just you know he bowled full tosses, he bowled short, he couldn't get the the right line really very much. I mean, he bowled the odd absolute peach, uh, and smiled ruefully to himself, knowing he should have produced more of those. Mm. But I think it all goes back to technique. It, it, he's got a technical problem, and we, we have mentioned this before, and uh, you know, we've had sort of spin experts in our virtual club also talking about his action uh, and how the basically his whole body falls away to the left as he lets go of the ball, and that causes his arm to be beyond the vertical and his head to be side-on almost uh, with his eyes pointing vertically, uh, which is not going to help him. Until he gets his technique right, until he gets his action right, he's going to have days like this where he's going to be very unreliable uh, because if your technique's not very good, then you're not very confident and the two working together just produce an erratic performance. Yeah, I was looking back at his, his winter and, of course, he took that five for 30 against uh, Sri Lanka and he admitted afterwards, he said, you know, I, I didn't bowl particularly well and he didn't. I mean, there were some deliveries with, with rank bad balls. But I was also looking back at the first uh, test match as well, the first innings of the first test match. He got rid of Pajara, Kohli, Rahane and Pant in that first test match and he took four for 55 on the first day and he said afterwards that was as, you know, as well as I bowled in test cricket. He said Cape Town I bowled quite well but you know, probably this is about as well as I bowled and overall 26 overs, five mains, four for 76 and from there, from bowling as well as he possibly uh, could do in, in a test career so far, he's really, really struggled. There was those eight overs in the second innings and he didn't take a wicket but England of course went on to win the game then he was left out and he's come back uh, today and he's had a, a difficult day. He's gone a wicketless, no control Control. Uh, it was the Pant LBW that was turned down. Of course, he did get a wicket uh, late in the day when Sundar was given out LBW. But you know, because it's cricket, because it, that's the way it goes sometimes, you know, there was an inside edge, so that was uh, correctly overturned. Of course, before DRS, the batsman would have been on his way, and you would got at least you would have got your your one for. But yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing how the game uh, turns around, isn't it? You, and, but we did feel that in a way earlier earlier in the the, the winter's touring that he was sort of burgling wickets really and, and you know everything was going his way and of course now it's not and but he's only 23 years of age there's enough to work with but there's a lot of work to do yeah I think that's well put I, I like his character you know he's, he's got a good personality for spin he's quite aggressive he he's quite buzzy you know he's a busy sort of guy he can you can see he'd be brilliant uh, fielder off his own bowling things like that the trouble is mm. if your action is is awry, then it's length and line which goes to pieces. At least if you've got, say, uh, you're a bowler with a very high action straight over the top, you can rely on the line and then you've just got to control length by getting your run up right. But if you've got an action which is beyond the vertical in some way, so he's bowling from sort of 11 o'clock, then both your line, because you're bowling, you're not bowling from right over the top, you're bowling sort of almost across yourself slightly, that means that your line and your length can vary. And when that isn't together, you just haven't got any kind of um, stability to, to, to base your bowling on at all. 
it's not that difficult to fix, though. But he will have to do some remedial work on his action. And I think he could come back as, as a decent bowler. But at the moment, they just can't trust him at all. Well, Gene Patel is England's new spin bowling coach. That's been uh, confirmed in the in the last uh, few days, just like Marcus Truscothic has been confirmed as England's new batting coach. And we had him in the virtual cricket club last night. So Gene Patel is the new spin bowling coach. I asked him about Dominic Best because I spoke to him after today's play. But I started with that innings from Rishabh Pant and I suggested to Gene Patel that, that sometimes you just have to accept a hugely talented young player is going to transform a game. Of course, Simon. I mean, that's just that's just cricket, isn't it? You know, players are allowed to play as well as they are, uh, or as for well, showcase their skills like they can. You know, Rishabh Pant's in this in this side to do what he does, like he did today, take games away from opposition, and he did he did that so well today. And you know, he struck it out of the middle right from the right from day dot. So you know, big applause to him um, and that partnership, like I said, that he created with Washington Sunder. Just watching on, I mean, is there anything more that you could have done as a team? Uh, I mean, there's, there's always things you can look at. There's always the nitty-gritty things that you can look at. But, you know, without without being out there, you can't really do anything um, a bar just run the game and what's in front of you. So, you know, look, we had an opportunity right before tea that didn't go our way. And, you know, I'm not going to harp on about umpiring decisions. But, look, if that had gone the other way, which it could have easily, um, we could be in a different state right now. Yeah, that was the umpire's call against Pant with Dominic Bess bowling. Can we just talk a little bit about Dominic Bess? Uh, has his confidence been damaged, do you think, by being left out for two test matches after bowling well in the first innings of the, of the first test? No, I wouldn't say that, mate. I, I wouldn't say that. It probably looks like that, but I wouldn't say that at all. He needed the break, if I, if I was being honest with you. I think he was tired at the end of that first test. Um, he was jaded and, and it affected how the ball was bowled. Yes, he would have liked to have played in the third test and, and we went in with that extra seamer option because of the pink ball and we thought it would react differently. But, um, look, he was, he was very excited yesterday uh, coming into this test match. He was ready, he was prepped. And, and, look, if I'm being honest with you, you know, it's no real one thing. It's probably just the fact that it didn't work out for him today. I think if he'd got that LB just before tea, we would have seen a dim- different dominant best in the afternoon. How well do you think he bowled today or otherwise? Uh, look, I, obviously, I think there's, place, there's still room for him to improve, just like everyone in this group. But, you know, Bessie's very young. He's still, and I, I keep saying it, but I, st- I do believe it, he's still learning how to bowl red ball at, at test level, which is very difficult. Um, and he'll, he'll be better for it, uh, better for these experiences going forward. You're the new spin bowling coach. Congratulations on that, by the way. But have you spotted some areas in, in Don Bess's game that you could improve technically? You could help him improve? Yeah, there's, there's technical changes that, you know, that we always need to improve on. And there's some things with Bessie that we'd like to get into, the nitty-gritty stuff. Um, but at the moment, it's about the tactical side. How are we going to play the game? You know, we can't get into too much technical stuff with, with test matches on at the moment. We don't want to cloud them either. Um, so look, he's got this time after this test match to get back and, and look at that. But, uh, but right now he's got a job to do and that's get these three wickets tomorrow or contribute in some way with that and then look forward to hopefully getting a, a crack at them to get those last ten wickets in that fourth innings.
So that's England's new spin bowling coach, uh, Jeetan Patel. He's played a lot of county cricket, played for New Zealand. He's the man charged with overseeing England's spin future for now. And clearly there... Yeah, you know, they are. They have seen things with with Bess, and they are going to work on it. But you know, very hard to work on sort of technical changes uh, during a series. I mean, it's it's not easy, is it, to just suddenly right? We're going to do this because sometimes you've got to make those changes over a bit of time, and, and perhaps you know you go back to county cricket and you just bowl a lot of overs. Um, perhaps having changed the, slightly or dramatically, or whatever it may be in your particular circumstance, the way you bowl or even the bat if you're a batsman. Yeah, you know, he's played 13 tests. He's only played 50 first-class matches. He's, he, he, in fact, he, you know, his stats are in front of me here, 8,500 balls, which sounds a lot in first-class cricket, but you're really only just starting. You know, if you think about the, the, the great spinners that have played for England in the last, you know, 30 or 40 years, the likes of John Embry, Derek Underwood, Pat Pocock, who played quite a few tests... Uh, more recently, John Embry, Phil Edmonds, Phil Tufnell, people like that. You know, Graham they, Swan. They took, Graham Swan, of course. You know, they, they've all taken over a 1,000 first-class wickets, and in some cases closer to 2,000. And Dominic Best has 146. It's just, it's, it's hardly anything. And, and obviously, he's also bowled primarily in county cricket, where you know, the, the sta- standard of playing spin is not particularly high. Suddenly, he's out in India... Uh, up against some of the greatest batsmen in the world who are experts at playing spin. So, you know, it's really tough. And he's he's trying to learn on his feet. And it's it's a pretty bright glare <laughs> that he's trying to operate under. And, uh, you know, at times it's it's a bit too bright at the moment. Yeah, I mean, t- a tougher spotlight probably in world cricket in a way, uh, playing in India. Although you have got some pitches to work with. I suppose, you know, you could argue if you're playing in the Ashes series in Australia, that's that's pretty ruthless as well. And you know, not much joy, generally speaking, for finger spinners on yeah, Australian pitches. Yeah, but even more pitches. pressure in, in a way. I mean, if you're playing on a spinning pitch, yeah, there's yeah. even more pressure on you to perform because you know yeah. that the team are relying on you. Yeah. OK, Yoz, so two days gone. Uh, how many days well, At least left? we're into the third day, I suppose. <laughs> How many days? Well, you you so into the third day. How many days left in this series? I mean, three available. How many are we going to need to get a conclusion to this test match? It's not going to be a draw, is it? No, it's not going to be a draw. I mean, I think the pitch has played pretty well, actually. And the the old ball has done something. But if you can shut that out of your mind, I really feel England missed a trick by not having an extra seamer. I think that will really count against them because I think Mark Wood, for example, could have bowled really well on here, hard as uh, both Stokes and Anderson tried, and and they both bowled manfully. England must try and get 300 second innings. And and actually, if they really get stuck in and don't lose early wickets, that's not beyond them, I don't think. So if they can bowl India out for another 30 runs, say... So they what can see lead of 110, 120. It's big, but and they then have to set their stall out to make 300. And last innings, 150 plus will not be easy. So that has to be their target: 300 in the second innings. Whether they'll do that, well, we'll find out. Yeah, well, you you tend to be the optimist in these matters, yours. Um, I don't know whether this is right or not, but I tend to see myself as the realist. I mean, from what we've seen so far in this series, 
can you see England scoring 300 in, in the final innings on, uh, well, it's, it's going to be a third day pitch. It feels as though it's a bit more ad- advanced than that in sort of typical Indian conditions. Of course, this series hasn't, I don't think it, this series has been played in particularly what you would call typical Indian conditions, at least the, the conditions that England have seen in the last couple of tours. I think that, that you know, generally speaking, in recent tours, the pitches have been sort of much better for batting and then the, the bowlers, spin bowlers, are coming into it a bit later in the game, sort of fourth day and, and certainly on the fifth day. Well, I think this pitch is probably just a bit more advanced than than that. So there, I think there's enough there to work with. And of course, you've, you, the thing is, they are going to be up up against the sort of pressure of a lead of 120, whatever it is, 120 could be 150. Still got Sunder there on 60 and Patel on 11. And then you've got Ashwin and you've got Acha Patel, uh, you know, who's been relentless so far, and, and Ashwin as well. Uh, th- is it really possible to score 300 against them on, on in the third innings <laughs> under pressure? Is it really possible? It, it's possible, but it's improbable, is I, I think what I'm going to say. I, I don't see it happening, but I, I've got some faith in England getting stuck in in the second innings. And hmm. the, the, obviously the advantage with India is that, that the, the bowlers have had a day off now and you know they can really lick their lips and get ready to bowl on the third day. But... I mean, actually, a, a massive amount will depend on how many they get in in the morning. Because if England can polish them off a, a, a quick twenty, say that'll give yeah. them self belief. It'll give the batsmen not not a long time to wait before getting out there again, and it just might just give them a little bit of encouragement. But if that sort of eighth wicket pair put on another thirty or forty, and the innings drags on, then I really feel very depressed. I just think England have you know there's a there's a ten percent chance that England could get three hundred and put India under pressure in the fourth innings. Yeah, uh, you're you're right, isn't it? You you come out on that third morning and the if the ball you know if you don't take early wickets the ball starts to fly around and it, get, it the game can get away from you very quickly. It's actually a little bit what happened with with Russia Pant batting in that in that final session. It felt like England were right in the game. I mean, 153 for six at T, or you know, it was 146 for six. You think right, there's even a possibility of a first innings lead. And uh, Tuffles was saying this on the, on the cricket social on the BBC. He said, you know, you can play in India and you think you're doing well, and then suddenly, it's like an hour later, the game has gone gone away from you. And that's exactly what happened. And that's the I suppose that's the concern for England uh, tomorrow morning. There has to be a sort of utter ruthlessness about. You know, trying to knock out the last three wickets and then get batting and try to set India. I mean, if you if you sit here at the moment and say, could England set India 150 to win? I think they'd probably take that, wouldn't they? 150 to win in, in the last innings. Um, even yep. that might feel a bit greedy. But I mean, if they could get into that situation, you, you, you're still in with a bit of a chance in the game. But if it's, I'll if give it's, you, a, I'll give you a, 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 some statistical information here on, from. Em some very uh, sophisticated mathematicians who've done a lot of simulations, a company called Mustard Systems, they've produced a graphic called Who's Winning, which shows the progression of the match and the percentage chance of each team winning as the game unfolds. At the moment, at the end of the second day, India, 88% chance of winning. England, 10% chance. And a draw, interestingly, 2%. (laughs) So they must know something about the weather forecast on the fifth day, maybe. But 88% for India and 10% for England. Uh, That sounds about right to me. Yeah, where, where's that two percent come from? I suppose there's a, you know, I don't know, there could be a COVID outbreak or something like that. I don't know, but I mean, I, it's it's very hard. Somebody's, to... somebody's sabotaging the pitch, maybe, you know. Yeah, George Davis. An act is of in God. It, 
yeah. Well, I, I can't I can't see a draw from here personally. So yeah, it, it feels about right that doesn't it? So eighty eight percent and twelve percent England. England we have to do something miraculous uh, from here. Uh, it feels like three one. But yeah, in a way, the day today confounded us a bit. You know, England six six out before they they got one hundred and fifty India. But there's a there's a sort of a a sort of upward curve in India's favour in this series, and there's a sort of relentlessness about them as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be very, very difficult, as we all know, uh, for England from here. The uh, virtual checks in the post, all right? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't believe that for a moment. Not even a virtual check from you, Yozza. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for listening anyway, and we'll be back tomorrow to review the third day's play. Hope it's as exciting as it was today. Final day tomorrow? Who knows? Could be. But there we go. That's the game of cricket. We never quite know what's going to happen. Goodbye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.